Welcome to Songs and Stories, the Not For Musicians Only music podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. My name is Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 42 this time out. This is what I've been looking forward to doing for a long time. Today we're going to be talking with Santa Cruz singer-songwriter Sherry Austin. And the reason I've been looking forward to doing this one is um, if you're someone like me who maybe didn't play guitar as a kid, kind of picked it up after you were 30... I think as adults with filters on, we go through different levels. And I found with me and in talking to other folks who I know are learning guitar now that I've been trying to help out, it's, it's not an uncommon tale where you, you, you get used to playing the guitar, strumming the guitar, finding how to make rhythm with songs. And then if you really want to take this thing along, you, you slowly get used to playing in front of people you know really well and then gradually opening it up and playing in front of people you don't know. And you know, if something really cool happens and you start writing songs and taking those in front of people, then it's a whole nother level. Um, Sherry was there when I really first started playing guitar and trying to do that and, and really open it up and take it out a little bit. Uh, she's been around the Santa Cruz area writing and performing for eight, nine, ten years or so. And I met her through some folks at the Strawberry Music Festival several years ago, eight, nine, ten years ago. And um, she was one of the people that really encouraged me to start getting comfortable playing in front of people I didn't know. And, um, well, we actually talked about that during this conversation, so I'll let that kind of carry that forward. I want to let you know that she has two releases out. She has a 2002, her debut release was called Drive-By Romance, and her 2004 release is Drive On Back. They're, uh, they're both mixes of original Sherry Austin tunes and some really cool covers. But I ran into Sherry a few months ago, and I said, you know, I haven't done a Sherry Austin podcast yet. What do you got coming up that I can help promote or at least have an excuse to sit down and talk to you? And she's doing a couple of shows in a couple of weeks at the end of September. It's a tribute to Kate Wolf, and she's actually doing this with a couple of other local singer-songwriters, Sharon Allen and Jenny Mitchell. They're going to be at the Mission City Coffee Roasting Company in Santa Clara on Santa Clara, California on September 19th, and they'll be at Don Quixote's Music Hall in Felton, California on September 21st. So I want to get right into the, the Sherry content of the show, but I want to remind you of a couple of things, if you don't know how this works. There are links to go with this show on my website at michaelgather.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. Go to michaelgather.com and look for the show notes for episode number 42, and you'll find links to um, these two shows, as well as Sherry's site, her CDs, and some more information about her. And um, if you're listening to this on Grateful Dread Radio, Grateful Dread Radio broadcasts this show uh, Friday evenings at 7.30. Thanks for tuning in. And for everybody listening, I want to let you know that the contest for this month's podcast is a Grateful Dread Radio cloth shopping bag. And if you'd like a chance to win one, you can, uh, if you're on my mailing list, send me an email, michael at michaelgather.com and mention the Sherry Austin interview. And if you're new to my show or podcast, you can sign up on my mailing list at michaelgaither.com slash contact and uh, mention this interview and I'll enter you in the drawing and in a couple of weeks I'll, I'll pull one lucky name to get a cloth shopping bag from Grateful Dread Radio. 
Um, also, speaking of CDs, my new CD, Dog Speed, is kind of in the final stretch. We recorded the last couple of tracks this week, and now we're mixing and doing photographs and all that, and it's coming along nicely. And if you want to see or hear kind of how that's progressing, you can go to my music page, michaelgaither.com slash music, and uh, in the music player is a song called Dog Speed Preview, and it's a mix of some of the quieter and some of the not-so-quieter tunes on the, on the CD, so have a listen to that. But for Sherry Austin, let's go back and uh, hear a track off her first CD and her second CD. I'll give you a little taste of what she sounds like. We're going to hear How's the Mustang Running, a great car song by Sherry, off her first CD. And then we'll hear a little bit of Hallelujah, a Martha Scanlon song that Sherry covered on her second release, Drive On Back. And this one is great because it features Sherry and Jenny Mitchell and Sharon Allen, who are all doing the Kate Wolf tribute on September 19th and the 21st, all trading or taking turns taking lead vocals and doing harmony on this particular track. So have a listen, and then we'll talk with Sherry Austin. Drove 65 Mustang. Sixteen, it was Rangoon or red with black, no guide seats. Looking for some action, chasing after my dreams. It was only yesterday, or so it seemed. The daddy thought I was a handful. Story of the end of time Got peeling pain on the 
the passing colors of Oklahoma skies. She's the color of my heart, the color of my jeans. She's a two-door picture of a broken-down queen singing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, baby. Hallelujah, she's a rolling on home singing. that said you actually played years ago when you were living in Hawaii and stopped then you came out here what, what did you play years I didn't know this part about you you played years ago or I did I um, I started playing guitar when I was 15 and uh, I moved to Hawaii oh, I think I was 22 and um, started playing in a lot of what I called the steak and wine houses mm-hmm. which you know all of them had music in those days and uh, I've played with another gal, we were a duo, and then we added a guy, a couple guys at different times, um, we played as a trio, and we played in a bunch of different places mm-hmm. in Honolulu, um, had some regular gigs, and then uh, I got married and I moved back here and, and got a real job. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's hard being a musician and and, and uh, having things in life, you know, if you need to repair your car, things like that, and I, I just wanted something that was more reliable at the time. I wanted to buy a house, I wanted to, uh, you know, to start a family, and and it's hard being a musician and and doing those things. Depending on it. Yeah. So back then, back in Hawaii, were you writing at that point yet? or were No, you... I no, hadn't even thought of so writing. So what kind of things, were, whose songs oh. were you covering and who were some of the early influences? <laughs> well, of course, the Eagles, Linda Ronstadt, um, Carly the, Simon. The Staples. Yeah, I mean, it's what everybody was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody sang me and Bobby McGee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Harden, everybody sang Reason to Believe. Uh, you know, I looked at the set list, and we had like 40 songs on there, which I, I thought was pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. We did some Everly Brothers, um, a couple bluegrass tunes that we did badly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that are, you know, you, people cringe now when you say Rocky Top, which was one of the ones we did. What do they cringe? Oh, Bluegrass. It's like, it's like oh no, not Rocky Top. Has it been, has it been done to death? Yeah, or? it's like me and Bobby McGee okay, back then. Yeah. It was just overdone. Another um, band covering that song. Oh joy. Yeah, yeah I mean, th- there were there were a lot of there was a lot of music that was pretty ubiquitous. You'd go to a, you know see your competition and they'd mm-hmm. be playing probably half of the same stuff <laughs> you were. 
it was all cover bands. Yeah. I mean, so that's all I knew then is to buy a record and listen to the songs and mm-hmm. pick stuff that worked and learn them. Yeah. So when did writing come along? Or the, the, the that idea, didn't the, come the along until writing. I moved to Santa Cruz um, about 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. And of course, K-Pig was there, the mighty K-Pig. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started listening and <clears throat> started hearing... I think the term singer-songwriter. And I thought, well, I can try that. And a friend of ours was had signed up to take a, a songwriting class at Griffin Guitar in mm-hmm. Palo Alto. And he encouraged me to come along, and I did. And uh, I think I'd already started on some songs at that point, but it, it, was, it got me over the hump mm-hmm. to finish them. And, uh, Having homework kind of does that in a class structure. It does, and it, it's some it, guidance. It makes you focus yeah. and uh, and get going on that. So I probably wrote "Baby Blue Bonneville." I took from a short story that was mm-hmm. one of my first ones from my first album, which I'm holding right here. And uh, all I can give, which I wrote about my daughter. Mm-hmm. Those those were probably my first ones, and "Hump Day Roses." Yeah. I think those were the first three. I can't remember the order now, but those were the first three. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, then I started doing more. Imagine. Yeah, imagine that. You keep writing. That was, what, about was that about ten years ago? Because I've known you for at least... About eight years. Yeah. I wrote my first song eight years ago. Because I've been writing for about eight, and I met you right around that same time, I think. Yeah. And the, the cool story is I think I met you from Strawberry, and I... And I, along with you and people in camp and other, a few other select friends, it was, and we had this conversation a few times about how I was nervous playing my guitar in front of people and nervous right. trying to sing in front of people. And you said, well, I'll start doing these jams at my house. Why don't you come out and we'll, we'll all play? And that was a huge help for me. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's, you know, playing with people when you've, when you've been playing in your living room or for me in the bedroom for many years. I graduated to my living room when I moved to Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, when you play by yourself, it's a different dynamic, Completely. and you can play as you know good as you think you can in your living room. But when you get out in public, it's it's a different dynamic, mm-hmm. and um, putting your songs and your music in front of other people yep. is completely different. Yeah, and it's a learning experience. I mean, you learn what works, you learn what people respond to. Mm-hmm. Testing your songs out in front of people and seeing what songs they respond to yeah. is great. And I think we had this, I think you were talking about when I was really, really kind of introverted still about playing. You said, well, you know, you play in your bedroom, and then you, you go out and you play in your couch, and then you play when people are around, and then you start playing in front of people who don't know you. And that's kind of the path that I took. I think it's probably pretty common for some for some people. You know, I haven't talked to a lot of people about it, but I'm sure it is. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're you're a teenager and you're playing, it's, it's a lot different because you have a whole lot less fear. Right. And um, once you're an adult, you have all these filters and all this baggage. <laughs> a <laughs> lot of baggage. Yeah. <laughs> Got suitcases yeah. full. Well, I find now with when I'm doing the because I do the wooden nickel open mic, and um, you got me going down there originally too. Yeah, did I? Uh huh. Okay. You said, "Oh, this guy Arthur and I are doing this wooden, you know, doing this open mic." And, and here on, you've yeah. been doing it longer than he has now. I've been doing it for almost four. I think it's about four and a half years. Really? Yeah. I thought it was longer. It just seems longer. <laughs> I call it a labor of labor. But yeah. um, but I think the funnest thing about that still is people that come in that haven't played before. 
and and they're and a couple of guys if they're Bert and Tim come in every month and they for the first few times they always come in and they go well we hadn't really pl- practiced this one and and we're not really very good and finally I sit them down and I go guys when you come in I go don't apologize just get up there and play and a lot of that came from the advice you gave me I just try to like carry it on you know just get up there and play and get used to playing in front of people well it's funny because my goal um, I went to my first strawberry I think in uh, I'd been here a year let's see when I met some folks so it was two years after I'd been here 97 99 was the first year I went to strawberry and I saw the breakfast club and so my goal was to play on the breakfast club mm-hmm. that was the biggest goal I had and when you haven't played a lot, that's a huge thing. It was a huge thing. Because yeah. so you're on the radio and there's 3,000 people listening, more or less. You know. So I started um, by going to some open mics um, in San Jose. And then uh, there were some here, the Poet and Patriot had mm-hmm. one. I started doing those and um, thought, okay, I'm, I, I don't suck that bad. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody booed. Nobody, nobody walked booed. Out. They clapped. Um, I think I was on key. This is good. And, uh, and and it, it, I started doing it more and more and uh, then started, uh, actually my first gig, John Sandage heard me at the Breakfast Club mm-hmm. when I finally did a, a six months, a year of, of doing open mics and I did the Breakfast Club and John Sandage heard me and said, why don't you come on the, on, on, uh, the live show at K-Pid? Mm-hmm. And so I scurried. Which is called Please Stand By for the people yeah. I finally uh, I got a little band together of some people that I'd met at mm-hmm. Strawberry and, and knew. I got uh, Charlie Wallace and Russell Ives, and uh, um, I think I had a roommate at that time, Alan. Alan. The drummer. Alan the drummer. Alan the drummer. So Alan played a pizza box or something, and, and Charlie and Russ played, and, and you know, I, I at that time could do four songs all the way through, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But from that, I got my first gig at at Henflings. No, let's see. I got well. I got Henflings, and then I uh, also got the opening for Fred Eaglesmith in a, a couple months from them. So it was like, whoa, All this right. is going really fast. <laughs> I need more than four songs. I need more than four songs. <laughs> so I learned a few more, and and uh, there we go. Now we do three hours uh-huh. of material it every week. Up. Yeah, it does. So it's a. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting road. Yeah, another thing you taught me too, and I think I think I think I know where this came from. I was at the nickel one night, and I was still kind of I was still kind of bumpy, and I was hitting the wrong chords, and I hadn't really learned yet to be comfortable playing through the mistakes. And I was grimacing, and it was really obvious. And you looked over at me, and Sherry's motioning with she's making a smile with her face, and you told me to keep smiling, yeah. and that really stuck. And I pass it on to people too. Well, uh, that was passed on to me by Sarah yeah. Elizabeth. Elizabeth Campbell, um, I was playing at Strawberry at, they have a band scramble where they throw a bunch of people together right. and you make a, a band and in an hour you get up and play a couple songs. But I was up there doing a song and she looked at me and, and did that same motion, you know, smile. And it stuck with me and it's, and I started paying attention to other people that I would go see play mm-hmm. and they'd play through the mistakes and when they made a mistake they didn't go, you know, they didn't swear, they didn't um, stop and you know berate themselves. They laughed, right. and I thought, ah, "Yeah, laugh, imagine." And or you just blow through it and keep going. And most people hey, don't know this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Depending how bad the mistake is. Depending on how bad the mistake <laughs> is. And I remember Todd Snyder making some 
you know, silly mistake on guitar and go, and without missing a beat he goes, and I teach guitar too. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you, you start, you know, paying attention to these things and thinking, you know, it's not the end of the world if you make mm-hmm. a mistake. The song still finishes too. Yeah. yeah. I know it's funny now because I've gotten comfortable doing that and, I, and we played a house concert last month and you know, we, I was tired that day, and, and there's a few songs where I, I hit an obviously wrong chord, and I kept plowing through it, and after the show, people were, oh, you guys were great, you sounded great, and my wife Cindy said, boy, you really blew it on dog ears, and you you really messed up on Old Time Heaven. I, yeah, but nobody... People don't really notice, unless, no. unless you stop, Yeah. And you know, unless there's an obvious train wreck. Um, people don't notice. Yeah, and if you have a train wreck, you keep a, a Todd Slatter-like line that says, yeah. I teach guitar, too, and you get a big laugh, and it becomes a, a nice little Absolutely. In, planned, spontaneous moment, and you keep going. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. It is funny. So you did, um, okay, which one came first? I thought the Jewel Case one came. Drive-By Romance, about 2003. Three. Followed up with Drive On Back. 2006, the yeah. end of 06. And they're both really nice listens. I better get cooking. 09s are right around the corner, huh? You have something planned? Anything in the works yet? No. I've, I've got one song written. I've got a bunch of partial songs that need uh, need some work. And uh, uh, we've been working on a lot of Kate Wolf songs because right. we're doing a couple of uh, Kate Wolf uh, song concerts. Let's talk about those since this is kind of topical. So... Well, I fell in love. I knew I was falling in love at the Kate Wolf Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, this is with my boyfriend, Dave. And uh, he asked me out at Spring Strawberry, which was the end of May. And then a few weeks later, we went up to the Kate Wolf Festival together. And I kind of knew at that point that this was the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I start, I'd all, had always known Kate Wolf was around and knew um, of her music. And there were a few songs that I did know um, that I'd heard, but uh, I really started um, paying closer attention to her music, especially the last year. I've been listening pretty much nonstop to her music. That's mm-hmm. what's in, in really five five CDs in my car of hers, wow. and um, so I've really got an, a feel and an essence of of how she performed and the one really cool thing that I like about her her music and her singing is that when she sings it's like she's it's almost like she's talking to you mm-hmm. she's not shouting she's not screaming right. she doesn't have a lot of vibrato in her voice it's and I think that's one of the things that makes her music so accessible and friendly is it's like she's having a conversation with you mm-hmm. or with somebody close to her um, you know it depends on the song but there's a, and there's a lot of layers to her songs that I've been slowly, you know, like an onion peeling off the layers. As I've listened to more, I, I, I find more and more very, very subtle things that mm. amaze me and delight me at the same time. Isn't that great finding writers like that where you listen to the same song over and over? Oh, and, yeah. And then you, you listen to it again. You, I didn't pick up on that before. Mary Chapin Carpenter is another mm-hmm. one that I really admire her her writing skills, her lyrical skills. Um, yeah, well, I think she was an early influence on you too. She, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Before I moved over here and found K Pig, I found Mary Chapin Carpenter. Mm-hmm. 
through a review in the San Francisco Chronicle, and I think it was uh, the reviewer had said that she's probably the best American songwriter today, and I went, well, I'm going to go buy that. Yeah. And uh, I did, and went, wow, and started buying, you know, as much as I could. Yeah. And yeah, she is. She's a great, great songwriter. Yeah. I love when you discover when you quote unquote discover a, a writer. And you pick up, you know, a single record or CD, then you realize they have this whole catalog you can start picking through. And sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes I'll go through and I'll buy everything. Sometimes I'll kind of space it out. You know, like with Dave Carter, I bought one, and then I waited about six months. I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like use it all. I wanted to like space it out a little bit. But something like that, you just eat it all up. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, it was a slow process. I didn't buy everything at once because it's hard. To, I like to really absorb. Yeah, you want to digest it and, and absolutely take something from it and move on to the next one. Um, but she was a big influence, and from her albums. You know, I was looking at who wrote the songs because she did does a couple covers, and mm-hmm. Lucinda Williams oh. uh, wrote "Passionate Kisses," and so I discovered right. Lucinda Williams through her, and that was a, a great find, mm-hmm. great find. And uh, you know, it goes on and on. You listen to somebody else. When I moved here, Robert Earl Keane, yeah. he was also a big influence, and uh, from him I discovered Steve Earle. And Tom Waits. Mm-hmm. No, Tom Waits was through Sean Colvin. <clears throat> Cover, the Cover Girl album? Yeah. 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 That was another one that I'd found before. That's kind of how I found Tom Waits, too, was from that same Sean yeah. Colvin record. Yeah. And Greg Brown and whoever else he covers on Absol- that CD. Yeah. 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 I think with Keen, to, with Keen, I almost had the sense that he purposely covered artists that he wanted people to discover because I found McMurtry through his cover of, of, of one of McMurtry. Oh, right. Level Land. Yeah. And I love that song and I realized Keane didn't write it. I go, well, who wrote it? Then I found McMurtry and he had this catalog. I think he does. I think, you know, when you're in a musical community like, like you and I are here, yeah. we we play with our friends. Right. And sometimes there's a song that we really like. Mm-hmm. You know, Sharon that I sing with, I, I love her songs. And, yeah, yeah. And I've thought of, of doing her songs after she gets her album out. Um, she finally gets her album out. Yeah. Well, she's going into the studio in October. Good, so good. Hopefully that'll, because uh, she's got, you know, she's just got some wonderful songs. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Speaking of influence, too, we haven't talked about Fred yet. Fred. Fred. Let's talk about how you discovered Fred and kind of... Well, Fred was through Robert Elkin. I went to see Robert Elkin and Fred was opening. Mm-hmm. I was. I think I was at that show. <laughs> yeah, so were a lot of people. I had the best time. And, you know, when you discover somebody like that that just knocks your socks yeah. off. And it was, it was also at the dawning of my musical kind of awareness and education, I guess, moving mm-hmm. over here. And I was on the Fred chat list for a while, and I, because of that, I, I was invited to play um, on. There was a Fred tribute CD. Was it Twenty Odd Hollers? Twenty Odd Hollers, yeah. And I did Drive in Movie, which is one of That's Fred's great. songs. And um, I'll put a link to that on the podcast notes. So. Okay, from that, um, I played at Roots on the River in Vermont, which mm-hmm. was a Fred Eaglesmith weekend. Hmm. And also at the Fred Eaglesmith picnic one year, which was a lot of fun. And I met my friend Audrey Ald. Oh, cool! Uh, through the, the Fred Eaglesmith list, and she's a uh, she's just moved to Nashville mm-hmm. and is uh, working real hard yeah. at her craft. Uh, which she's a great songwriter. Yeah, she is. And 
Yeah, Audrey sang on my CD. I mean, it's it's a we're a community, mm-hmm. and you know we try and support each other and back each other up. Yeah. I keep saying it. It's, writing songs is great, but the, the 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 friends you make along the way doing this and kind of sharing things back and forth is a real dividend of, of doing this. It is. It is. It's a, it's part of the positive aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So remind me again, when are the, when are the Kate Wolf tribute shows coming up? Let's see, September 19th is going to be at the Mission City Coffee Roasting Company okay. in Santa Clara, and that's a fiddle and cricket production. Okay. And then the 21st is a Sunday of September, 21st of September, is going to be at um, Don Quixote's in Felton, and that's also uh, co-sponsored by uh, Fiddle and Cricket. Oh, very cool. And that's you and Jenny and Sharon? Me and Ginny and Sharon. Uh, we did Ginny, uh, Sharon, and Mary McCaslin, and I did a show in February that was called The Velveteens, which was Ginny's name. Mm-hmm. Um, when she had her CD release party, we all showed up wearing velvet. Oh. So she she called us uh, the background singers, The Velveteens. <laughs> and uh, so we did a show, and we have a nice blend of harmonies, I think. I'll bet. I'll yeah, bet. Ginny's voice is kind of similar to mine. She can sing a little bit higher, so I'm, I'm the low one. Mm-hmm. I'm the low one. And Sharon, uh, of course, we call uh, Santa Cruz's own Emmy Lou. Yes. And nobody would nobody would argue with that. I don't think so. No. She's got a she's well she's got a lovely she's Sharon. voice. She's yeah. Sharon. She's lovely voice, lovely person. Yeah. yeah. What else can you say? Yeah. What else can you say? Well, you could say again that Sherry Austin, along with Sharon Allen and Jenny Mitchell will be at the Mission City Coffee Roasting Company on September 19th in Santa Clara, California, and at Don Quixote's Music Hall on September 21st in Felton, California, doing the tribute to Kate Wolf. So if you're around in the area, check those out. Check out her website and check out the links on my site. I'll add links to Ginny and Sharon's websites as well, as, as in addition to links to Sherry's CDs and the two songs that I gave you a preview of. So thanks for listening to Songs and Stories number 42. I'm Michael Gaither, and once again, if you'd like to win the Grateful Dread Radio cloth shopping bags, sign up on my mailing list. Go to michaelgaither.com slash contact, or just if you're on my list, send me an email, michael at michaelgaither.com. If you have any comments about this podcast, send me an email. love to hear from you. And um, coming up next on number 43, I'm not quite sure yet. I think it's about time to pick apart some of my own songs, but we'll... we'll Check it out in a couple of weeks. Check out the website. If you're up on iTunes, you'll get this automatically. And if you're listening in Baltimore on Grateful Dread Radio, thanks for your time. Thanks for all your time. And we'll talk to you next time on Songs and Stories. Take care. Thanks again. <laughs>